Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise Podcast. Today, you are in for a treat. You get to hear from the one and only David Atkins, keynote speaker. He spent 22 years in law enforcement in New York City as a captain and million-dollar direct sale earners and, quite recently, published author. I also have the honor and the privilege to call him a dear friend. Let's dig in with David Atkins. I'm ready. Let's go, girl. All right. Let's go. Okay. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. We met, goodness, how many years ago? Like maybe six? Yeah, probably about six years ago at a live event. Yeah, we were in DC, right? Was, was that? It? Yes, I remember we were in, was no, was it, no, I don't think it was DC or maybe it was DC, Moira. I don't remember. I remember a live event and you came up to me to introduce yourself. And then I remember just watching you go to like top 10 and grow from there. Oh my God, how fun. Well, what I, I feel like that was also the DC event where we were both speaking, where I had come in from a snowstorm. Was yes. it like I had come straight from Aruba through a blizzard, had been stranded in an airport for five days and had to show up to a speaking event. Yes. Bikinis in my suitcase. That was not the plan, but you know, you do what you got to do. Uh, I met you and your wife and I just, what I always fall in love with is people of incredible integrity and humility. Mm. And yeah, you've got the success. Yes, you're an amazing business person, you're, but you're an amazing human. And that has always impressed me so much more than celebrity or anything like that. And, you know, I just admire the heck out of you guys. I'm so grateful for your friendship. And, you know, what I really want you to share first is kind of like who is, who you, who you are, right? Like who is David Atkins? How would you define that? But then obviously who that is, is what's the backstory? Mm. How did you, where, what's the story to what led you here today? I, I love it. I love it. And I have to reiterate the same back to you, Maura, looking up to you so much and thank you for our friendship but you really hit the nail on the head before I get into like my background that I'm a very big believer that you should be a public success and not a private failure. Like I really believe if you succeed in business and you're killing it out in the public eye, but your home life as a mom, as a dad, as a sister, brother is a mess. Like I believe everything's in synergy. And when you're not good in one important area of your life, it carries over to the other area. So for me, it's just as important to be a successful entrepreneur, speaker, author, whatever it is, but just as important, if not more important, that I'm the best, you know, father to my three daughters and husband to Kristen and just living a life that's completely full. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. Well, I say <laughs> knock it out of the park on all of it from my perception. So congrats on that. No, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So for a little background about me is I was with the New York State Police, the state troopers for 22 years. Um, I rose up through the ranks and retired as a captain um, a year and a half ago here in New York. I ran, I ran all state police operations before I retired as a captain for the entire county of Westchester. And just to kind of put in perspective for people, we handled about four to 500,000 911 calls a year. And I say that because for me, whatever your goals are, like I have learned, if you have goals and you have a vision of something that it's not about having more time because as a 
that. I always say, if I'm a father of three daughters and married, and I have a full-time career with the state police, and I was able to build a business and do all these things, you know, if I can do it, so can you. Yeah. But I grew up in Long Island in New York, um, went to private high school, St. Anthony's High School, went to the university at Albany. But through my whole life, it's always been about if I have a goal, I'm relentless in achieving it. From 12 years old, having the vision of having a batting cage in my backyard yes. and saving up for that. And I, and I reference that. I talk about it in my book because I believe I wrote my mom a note and I put a picture of it because they're like, David, that's a few thousand dollars. Like, we can't save that. And I just worked every day and had the goal and had the vision at 12 and saved up for it. And that continued on to being an ocean lifeguard that continued on to the state police and achieving the high ranks. And that continued on to business. And then even from when I said, oh, I want to write a book, like, I was like, I have no idea I'm going to do this, but the vision was born. Yeah. And you and I know, like, once the vision is born, and I literally feel like you have to literally feel it, taste yes. it, see it before yes. you're there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm already thinking now, you and I are... It's, I mean, we've honed those skills, right? We've learned that skill set. And this is kind of, I still want you to continue with your story, but I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that are like, oh, must be nice. You guys are kind of born that way, right? Like there's a little bit of our makeup that we came into the world with like a relentless drive. Mm. And so the question is for people like you and I that coach people is how do you teach that? You know, and I, I want to, I, I want you to just table that, put it on the back burner. And so we're going to talk about that in a minute, but keep going with your story. No, so, so then from there, I um, went to university at Albany. Um, I forgot where I left off, but I went to Albany and I met my best friends. And I think to your point, you just said though, Moira, like I failed a lot, like so much. I mean, my parents went through a divorce. My dad had an affair when I was a freshman in high school it didn't allow me to go to the college I wanted to. I had to work almost full-time in college at the University at Albany um, to pay my way through school, going to a state school. Um, and it was challenging and, and, and got knocked down a lot. But I also believe that everything happens for a reason. Because when I look back, if my parents were still together, I wouldn't have went to University at Albany. I wouldn't have met my best friend and my best friend changed the trajectory of my life going forward because we did everything together. And something that's near and dear to me is when he made the New York State Police, and it's a long story, I'm not going to get into it, but I lost him. He was shot and killed in a shootout on April 25th, 2007. And I realized like in that moment how fragile life is. And I always like to say life doesn't always fire a warning shot. And so often we wait for things to be convenient because we're failing, because things aren't coming easy, because we're busy, all of these things. But I live by like, you may not be here tomorrow. Right. Like tomorrow's not guaranteed. So we have to live each day as if it's our last day. So when I say everything happens for a reason, I went to a college I didn't want to go to that met my best friend that I had an amazing time with before I lost him but he impacted me looking back to how I go about living my life every single day. And that is we do fail with people with a strong work ethic. Yes, you have to work at it. You have to have the vision, but failure is just part of the process. I just think people don't see the failures. They think everything's an overnight success and it's so far from the truth. Yeah. 
Well, and what I was just asking and what you just spoke to is if you feel like you don't have that, right? First, we can teach you how to craft a vision. You and I are good at that, right? So that's possible. But it's also changing your core beliefs, right? It's changing your core beliefs from things like the world's always out to get me, you know, the, you know, if you, if you have these core beliefs about how the world is and how people are and that, you know, you're always, you know, failing versus, you know, everything is a gift. Failure is a gift. There's always a lesson. Like everything happens for a reason. Like those are core beliefs that I believe to the depths of my soul. And I know you do too. And I didn't come into the world with those beliefs. I had to grow into them and cultivate them. So a lot of it is shifting those core beliefs, which shifts everything, right? A hundred percent. And I, and I feel going back to where I was then, like, how do you start? For the people that are listening, like, how do I start? I think, you know, a couple of things I like to say. One is find somebody that has what you want and do what they do, Yeah. right? So, and use that as your mentor. If you have the goal to, to change where you are and you're flooded with everything on TV and the news and everything going on, I think the first thing is you have to realize you have to be intentional, like immediately, and you have to start doing the things that other people that are doing what you want to accomplish. Meaning like the first, I like always say, work with what you have with where you are because what you have is plenty. Mm. Don't try to get and do what that person's doing, but be intentional with just focusing on improving yourself today. Yeah. And, and early on, like your mentors, you're probably like, yeah, but David, I can't connect with the people I look up to directly. I can't get in touch directly with Moira Kusaba or David Atkins. But I learned in the beginning, that's what books are for. Like yes. your, your authors become your mentors early on. Yeah. And, and I think it just has to start with being intentional with where you are. Yeah, absolutely. I can remember that exact thought. I was reading some book and I was like, well, must be nice, but I can't call Tony Robbins. You know, I can't call Oprah Winfrey. And right. then it was like this epiphany of like, oh my gosh reading their books, listening to their videos, doing things like that. It's no different than having them sitting in my living room, talking directly to me. They are absolutely and have absolutely been my mentors and they have shaped me to who I am today. The other thing I want to point out for listeners is, and I'm sure you've probably heard me talk about this, but when you're looking to somebody that's doing what you want to be doing, first of all, sometimes a lot of people are like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. And, and you've got to like research, right? What you have to, what I think is you have to find people that a lot of times you're envious of or jealous of, because that is a huge indicator, I believe from the universe to sh it's showing you, no, don't be jealous. Don't be envious. That's I'm pointing you in that direction. That's what you're supposed to go do. That's who you're supposed to go be. And so often we get, we figure out what we want to do just by looking all around. It's like we're in high school, right? And we're like looking at the cop, looking at the doctor, looking at the teacher, and we're trying to figure out what looks attractive to me. And so you got to look at a lot of people and ask a lot of questions and go like, oh my God, that lights me up. That would be a dream for me to be able to do that. And yes. then you figure out who those people are and you really dig into like, what was their path? How did they get there? I need to just walk the same path. I just need to duplicate the path. I don't need to recreate it. I don't need to figure it out all by myself. 
I just need to follow in their footsteps and it gets quicker and faster and easier. I, I totally agree. In a way, it's like a self-auditing process to find your gifts by seeing what other people are doing that will then lead you to where you want to go. But I also think while you're doing that, I think it's also important that we can't, you can't compare yourself to where those people are. Like I always like to say, you know, that, oh, don't compare your chapter one to their chapter 12. So like you definitely need to look around and audit yourself and find your likes and dislikes, find your gift. Cause I'm a big believer. Everybody's born with a gift. You just have to figure out what it is. And you can do that by exactly what you just said. But while you're going through it, use it as an inspiration. Use it as a way to find your path, to find your lane. But don't compare. Like the only person you should compare with is that you are a better version of yourself today than yesterday. Not that you're trying to be like that other person. So you've got a book, right? Tell me about the book. Tell me, can you share? I know it's like principle-based, right? A lot of what we're talking about. It's like, well, how, how have you created this success? How have you accomplished all the things you've accomplished? Especially, I just want to go back to saying again, that you're a dad to three, a a husband and working full time. And you built a hugely successful business that started as a side hustle, right? And you found the time, right? You didn't make excuses for it. You figured it out. But what are the principles? I'm guessing that's in the, those are in the books. We have the book and Brian stole it from me. So I haven't gotten my hands on it yet because he's reading it every day. So can yeah. we touch on some of those principles? No, absolutely. So for me, like a couple of years ago, for us, you know, that have had success in business and life, you constantly get asked, like, what is the secret? Like, what are the things that you do? And it was kind of kind of hit me. I was out for a jog and I just started thinking of all the different things. I call them principles of the things that, you need to be doing in your life or work at doing every single day. And for me, that's where the chapter came, like the leveled up life was the name of it. And it became with principles that you need to do every single day in order to improve your life. And I took stuff from, you know, as a kid, I started off on my, as a journey and what I went through as a kid and what I learned, you know, when it comes to not making excuses and, and taking ownership of your life and dealing with you know, tragedy and using that to your advantage and the book through the chapters. I mean, you know, casting a vision and facing your fears and life doesn't always fire a warning shot, which is a long chapter because I really get into that story and growth comes from adversity. And I kind of open up part one with the principles revealed. And it's kind of like my childhood to what happened in my younger years. Everything was happening for a reason. It was molding me to where I am today. And that was part of the first portion of the book was like, wow, the principles revealed started early on, but I still carry them over. When I was a newspaper boy, I learned that I had to be consistent and show up every day. Life is going to be cold outside. It's going to rain on you. People are going to tell you, no, we didn't have Venmo. So I'd have to (laughs) knock on the door and collect the money. And people would like not tip me or people would say, no, people will come back. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's life today that I was dealing younger on. And one of the principles is that's part of it. It's part of the process. And then like I lead into the book about how to execute the principles, you know, stuff from that it's bigger than you because except for one tiny speck on this earth, the world is composed of others. Mm. And I really believe that people don't remember the car you drove or the house you live in, but everybody remembers how you make them feel. And if you live your life from the inside out and look, put others first, it will come back to you. 
If you're looking for some more in-depth training on mindset practices and how to create your vision, how to reverse engineer your goals, how to craft your morning process, all of the things that I'm super passionate about, you guys, the Rise Up course is where it's at. It is literally my lifetime, my mind in a course, every single tip, strategy, and hack that you could possibly ask me about is in this course. So jump into the show notes right below and you'll see the link for the Rise Up course and my Rise Up planner and you guys can rise up with us. And when I wrote the book, I literally just started giving my heart of what I've learned and taking it through my journey, you know, all the way through with these principles to help people level up their life in all areas. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And again, that goes back to like the core beliefs that you built, right? It's yeah. like our core beliefs. I, I know that we share this one. It's like when I go through a struggle or a season that's really tough, it's always, you know, what am I going to learn from this? This, these are the days that build me. These are the days that shape me. I can look back and you can look back on the darkest days and the darkest seasons and those are really our superpowers today. You know, it's it's who we are is only because of the hard days. Mm-hmm. And I think in the beginning of kind of entrepreneurship, a lot of times you're looking outside, looking in. And I love the expression, don't compare your insides to people's outsides. Yeah. Right? And like, we think that they've got all this talent or they've got all these gifts and they've got all this, you know, it's been an easy road. And it's like, no, every single person out there doing well, doing what you want to be doing has failed their way there and just had to figure it out. Right. hundred percent. You have to trust the process and the bigger the goal, like the bigger the sacrifice, like right now, presently, So going from state police success, then business success, and now being a keynote speaker, the last two years, like, I feel like I'm a baby entrepreneur again, because yes, I was speaking in our common business world of coaching. But when people were in my ear, like, David, you need to speak in the outside world, they don't know who I am. So I was starting all over again, and getting the nose and getting you start having the comparison, you start facing your fears and, you know, reassuring myself, David, you've been this, you've been through this before, you know where you need to go and you have to be willing to go through that journey again and use the principles that I talk about like all over again at 45 years old. It's just, that's the way life is. You're always in the thick of it. And every time you try to level up your life, you just have to go back to the core beliefs and just trust the process. Okay, so my brain's exploding because I'm thinking about some image or something I saw somewhere and now you just said leveled up life and I'm like, oh my God, this totally, totally is like your visual here. So I can I can attest to this and I'm sure you can. It's like you climb the mountain, right? You get to the top of the mountain. You're like, I'm finally here. I achieved the, the rank, the success, the income, whatever it is. And you realize when you get there for everybody that's not there yet, that the joy was actually the climb that I don't want to say ever that it's lonely at the top. I actually argue that point. I'm like, if it's lonely at the top, you stepped on a lot of people getting there. (laughs) I absolutely believe that it is. It shouldn't be lonely at the top. But the climb is the excitement. And that's where the fire and the passion and the joy and the excitement came from. And so you reach this pinnacle and you're like, well, now what? And so I saw this image one time of like a mountaintop with like a plateau at the top. And it's like, well, 
you got it. There's actually another mountain, right? The next mountain for you was keynote speaking. And then you reach the top. And then it's like, now you're at the top of that. And the next mountain, you're at the bottom of the mountain again, when you're right. like, I'm going to write a book. I don't know how to do that. I don't know where to start. I don't know anything. Right. And we have to embrace that the joy is the journey. The joy is the climb. The joy is figuring it all out. A hundred percent. The joy is the journey. And also, like I said early on, like focusing on what you have with where you are is most important because if we both look back and I know you had prior businesses, if I look back when I started the state police Academy, getting into business and getting into coaching. And that was, was not even on my radar. It just was like, I'm going to get healthy and fit and it turned into something. And then it was David, you're having success. Can you speak in the library in front of 12 people? And then to a conference room. And then all of a sudden I didn't realize I had the ability to speak and communicate and bring passion. And then that grew. And then it was, David, you need to go out and speak in the outside world. And then it was the constant questions about what do you do? And like, oh my God, I should put this in a book to make a bigger impact. But none of this I could have figured out five or 10 years ago. So like, what is it that you want to accomplish now? And just focus on that. Cause I believe that opportunities and doors will open for you if you are willing to put in the work and get to where you are to the next level, the level of life and continue to grow. And to your point, yes, like I'm now at the bottom of a new mountain trying to climb up, Yeah, you know, because we both know we love Tony Robbins. He says the number one source of fulfillment is progress. So when you hit certain things, like I need fulfillment, I need progress, hence the journey, right? That brings the joy now to accomplish something bigger. And like last week, speaking at an event in California to 200 people, to a staffing human resources industry, like the joy, like, oh my God, like here I am. And, and I spoke in Massachusetts before that. I'm like, wow, like it's, this is, this is just happening. And it's, it's all that process. And you could, like you said, and I, I just want to make sure they got the point that you couldn't ever have imagined what you would be doing or where you are without kind of being where you were at and walking through the fear and just continually putting one foot in front of the other, right? I think about that with speaking. I hate, like, I hate, like, it's my worst nightmare. I'm like, I never, I mean, it goes back to like high school and college, right? I'm like, that's my greatest fear. That is like literally hell for me. Never put me in front of the room. That's like my worst nightmare. And, you know, I step one foot in front of the other into the unknown through the fear, take risk. And when I think we were in um, Nashville, I had to speak on the main stage in front of, you know, 20 to 25,000 people. (laughs) And I remember walking off the stage, like crushing it, just like God given, like something possessed me and came through me. I know you know that feeling and walking off the stage and never in my life had I ever felt the feeling more of, holy crap, this is what I'm on this earth for. Mm. I'm like, but wait a second, this is my greatest fear. This is my living hell, you know? And it's like not, you become somebody else on the journey if you keep walking through the fear, keep putting one foot in front of the other. You're right. Like I like to say God's gift to us is potential and our gift back is what we do with it, right? I mean, you on this having this amazing podcast years ago, it probably wasn't there, but through the growth, through the fear, through speaking on stage, you know, for next month, like all of this, it just, you just continue to focus on what's in front of you, you know, 
go on. Like I also like to say, you know, at the end of every um, at the end of every principle is a promise, but of every end of emotion is nothing. Like we make decisions based on our emotions of fear. We don't do anything, but principles we have learned that growth comes through adversity. We have learned to trust the process. We have learned to fuel our faith and starve our fears, all the things that we struggle with, but those principles will lead us to a promise and that's moving forward and accomplishing more things and, and leveling up your life. I hate to keep going back to that, but that's basically what you're doing each time you trust and believe in where you're going. Absolutely. You just said two things that stuck out to me because I love like a one-liner because they become part of your self-talk, right? In those moments, you grab onto these things. I do. And you just said, fuel your faith and- Starve your fears. Starve your fear. God, it's so good, right? So when you're in those moments of fear, don't give it any more energy. Don't give it any more thought, right? Like just end it and just stop it. And the other thing that you said a second ago, um, and this was a huge aha to me, even just within this last year with like, what's next? Where am I going? What am I, you know, what am I doing? You said, uh, what did you just say? What was the one-liner about potential? I, I say God's gift to us is potential and our gift back is what we do with it. Yes. So good. Because when I was talking to um, a really successful, you know, coach of coaches and we were kind of discussing this, like, well, I was like, well, what's my purpose now? Like, I know what I've built, but what's next? And I can't figure it out. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, what my next purpose is. And he's like, God, I hate that question. And I was like, what, isn't that what we're supposed to be figuring out? And he's like, I know every, I can tell you exactly what your purpose is. And I was like, on pins and needles, right? Like, tell me what it is. And he's like, it's to live into your potential. It's to live into the highest possible version of who you can possibly be. That's what every single one of our callings and purpose Mm -hmm. is. And I think sometimes we can get really caught up with not moving not taking action because we're like, well, I don't know what it is I'm supposed to do or what my purpose is. It's like your purpose is to live into your potential. 100% because you don't want to regret it later on. You know what? You want to struggle and go there. And everybody has a purpose and knows what it is. Like for me, when I had the aha moment, it's that when that, that feeling we all feel after a great workout, the energy, the excitement, the endorphins, I get that way when I speak. When I'm done. And that's when it was like the light bulb for me of saying, oh my God, like I have to go after this and to continue to be in the business of coaching and going there. But you know what? Not to try to grind to a goal. I need to grind my way to my potential. And when I saw that, and then like looking for signs, looking for people, executives like in my ear, people saying, David, you need to, and then saying, all right. And there was a time where like, before I retired, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I start, you do the comparison. Like, I don't know, like if I, this is a lot of work. They don't know who I am in the outside world, but I kept having that pull of potential. I kept having like, David, there's nothing that fires you up more. Something you didn't know you had a gift that you didn't know you had even a couple of years ago until you did it. You will regret this later on. That's my big thing. Like, I don't want to regret, but you will regret this later on if you don't at least try yeah, so. absolutely. Oh, so good. Okay, so I want to highlight a couple things you just said very quickly to the audience. And that is, 
you know, what I believe, and I always have to even remind myself, we have to remind ourselves, right, of our own principles and our own teachings and stuff like that. But it's pay attention, like really pay attention to the things that light you up. I think that society puts on us that like, oh, I've got a, yes, there is a hustle and a grind. I am a little bit anti, anti hustle culture, if that makes sense. Anti, anti hustle culture. I'm like, oh, you got to hustle. You got to work. Yes. (laughs) So I'm not loving the messaging that's out there, but you don't have to do something with the rest of your life that doesn't light you up. What God's calling is on your heart is the thing that lights you up, the thing that brings you joy, the thing that, so you got to pay attention to your life, right? Pay attention to those moments. Like when I walked off the stage and when you walk off the stage, when we're like, electrified and we're like oh my god i've never felt this in my life that's what you're called to and find a way to do more of it that's living right 100 percent. i think people think that the journey does you don't need to do work like i'm a good person why is it naturally coming to me you know i want to be a speaker i want to be a top coach yes when you're there and you realize everything's worth it but people have to forget like in the darkest moments of night is when the stars shine brightest, right? So yeah. it's, the, it's the journey of putting in the work. Like who does want to get up early in the morning? Who does want to stay up to 1130 night? No one, but you know in your heart, achieving whatever it is, that potential, that gift, or that goal that will fulfill you, you know that that work will be worth it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I talk a lot, to, a lot of times to my team about this. I go back to the first time I was pushing to be a top ten coach, and uh, and self talk is like everything, right? It's the it's the one liners that we pull out and stuff that we need. And I can remember like crying because I was working and grinding so hard. And you know, you start the like I can't like work this hard. I don't want to do this. Like it's too much. And I just remember like pulling myself up by my bootstraps and being like, I never want to stand on that stage and accomplish this goal and say that it was freaking easy. (laughs) Like I want to stand on that stage, like blood, sweat, and tears. I freaking pushed through. I did it. Like you have to remind yourself of that. We don't, people don't sign up for a marathon because they want to casually cross the finish line. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. I mean, more two days ago, three days ago now, I was, I got up, I still get up early, like 4.30, Like I'm very disciplined in my time, but I got like a, I got bad news in, in the business and a speaking thing. Things were going well. And I immediately, like, it was a big hit mm. and I'm like, oh my God. And, and then you start having the self-talk. I shut the computer. I said to Kristen, I'm like, I'm out. She's like, where are you going? We're filled. You have to film in like an hour. I'm like, I'm going for a run, a very hard run. I, I, I put on a 30 day break rate hard run. And I did that because I have learned that I need to mentally get strong. So I wanted to challenge myself physically to get my head right, to get back in the right space, to understand this as part of the process. And when I was done, I felt better. I pushed through, I recentered myself and went forward. So like, it was a big failure three days ago, but we learned that you need to get this right. And you, you need to do sometimes to get the mindset right. And for me that day, it was, I stopped the work. I went out and I had to challenge myself mentally, which really was a physical workout. But we know when we challenge ourselves physically, it grows. You know, I love David Goggins says, create calluses on your brain. 
which I absolutely love when he says that. So for me, I'm like, I'm going out to create a callus on my brain. I'm like, I'm going, (laughs) you know? And then, and then I refocused myself and I was fine, but people just have to, I think people in your audience listening to this is that it's okay to fail. It's okay to get knocked down, but it's not okay to not get back up. If you really want something bad enough, because quitting is never, ever, ever an option. No. And every single person gets knocked down. And one of the like main ahas that I had in the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey was, well, I wouldn't say the beginning, but the beginning of my really like, you know, quick success with coaching and everything was successful people have just failed more. I was like, I was literally like, wait, what? I, 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 I thought successful people didn't fail. You know, that was my old belief. And I needed to create the new belief where I was like, oh my gosh, they've just failed more. So the goal is to fail more because that's what puts you on the, the quicker path to success. Yes. And, yeah. you made me think, and you made me think of, don't, when people, people assume you didn't fail more, but understand that on social media, which we look at first, that 99.9% of people are posting their highlight reel and aren't willing to share the struggles and all the things they've been through. You and I get it, but the vast majority don't. So people automatically assume we didn't fail. Failed thousands of times. It's every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I know that that's part of the journey in order to grow. Yeah. You have to fail. And it's not all glamorous. I don't know why this just popped in my head, but it's because you just said social media. And I remember a lot of people commenting on this because it was like, how does it feel? You're the top coach, like the highest thing. And I was like, I'm cleaning up dog poop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, feels great. But my reality is I'm still cleaning up dog poop. Right. I mean, it's true. Like next month, we're both gonna, we're both on the main stage speaking and we get off and five minutes later, we can get a, getting a text from home and dealing with problems with kids. And it's just, that's the way it is. It's not yeah. all glamorous. At no. all, again, the highlight reel of social media, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up comparing yourself with it and understand we all fail. It's okay yeah. to fail. Yeah. It's actually good to fail. Yes, yeah. you have, have to. You seen, um, it's not David Goggins, but it's somebody else. Jo- Jocko, is that his name? Jocko. Yeah, yeah, Jocko. He's a Navy SEAL. He has a yeah. podcast. So he's yeah. like one of my go-to people to listen to with stuff. But yeah, he's oh. also sa- same way because we don't, listen, your character as a human being does not get developed through when things go right. Right. Yeah, I'm going to send you this video link I have. You'll freaking love it. So it's called Good and it's Jocko. And his whole thing is like, you know, he's in the middle of like an ambush or something and like everything's going wrong. And his like commander, I'm using all the wrong words probably, but says to him like, this went wrong. And he's like, good. And then they're like, but this also went wrong. Good. And we're going to fail in this. Good. Like his response to everything is like, good. Cause we freaking learn and we rise, you know, and the, the video is so powerful. I'll link it under the podcast too. And like the notes and stuff for everybody. Um, and I know we got to wrap, but I also want to go back and just share this, what you just said when you were talking about going for a run and building calluses on your brain, <laughs> it was a really, cause I like, like you probably concrete, like, what do I do? Like in this moment, what can I say to myself? What action can I take? You know, we need like a tool belt full of like the principles that you're talking about. And one of the things I learned early on from Tony was change your body, change what you're focusing on. 
And that's exactly what you did on that run. And I've had moments of that sitting at my computer, sitting at my desk, you know, terrible things happening, you know, you're losing money, you're losing deals, your coaches are quitting, whatever, like those big, like sucker punches to your gut. And you're just, your shoulders are slumped. And it's like, wait a second, I got to change my body. I got to move my body, right? Change your physicality. And I got to change what I'm thinking about. And when you can change your body, get up and do 10 jumping jacks and you can change what you're thinking about, everything changes. Everything. 100%. And that's something that you and I, I think I've learned to master and why, like, if you're listening to this and you're not somebody that, that, that moves your body and gets your blood pumping, forget, don't do it for the six pack, do it for your mindset. Yeah. right? Do it so that you feel better. Do it so you're less stressed. You know, Brendan Bouchard in one of his books says, exercise doesn't cost you time. It buys you time back. And I'm like, whoa, like that's so true. And I use that all the time because when you change your body and you start moving, you're naturally going to change your state as Tony yeah. Robbins says, right? And that carries over to everything. Everything. Business, everything. parenting, everything. And the whole point of like me with my life, I don't just want to be a great coach it's to be the best human being to yeah. live to make the biggest impact for people because you know so many people out there in this world are struggling you know and, and i often i often end with this and i'll kind of say it here because i know we're wrapping up i said you everybody needs to realize like there are people in this world we'll go out in the world you'll see people that are wounded you'll see casts you'll see people on crutches but there are many people in this world that you're looking at that are wounded and you can't see it yeah so don't ever take away the impact you can make by simply smiling at somebody, opening a door at the grocery store, by, you know, having that one conversation. And it starts with you being right. So take care of yourself, right? Change your state and realize that you have such opportunity to make an impact in people's lives because people do struggle. And if there's anything more that people need, it's human being, human connection and people yeah. to lift each other up. Absolutely. Oh. Well, I feel like we need to end there because that is just such a, a great last takeaway. You know, we can go light up the world right this moment when we walk downstairs and see our kids, when we walk out the door, when we go into the gas station, we need more of that. We absolutely need more of that. David, thank you. Thank you. So much. Um, I will link all your things below, the link to the book and everything so people can grab that. Thank um, you. So grateful for you. So grateful for your influence in my life and your friendship, just all of it. Thanks. I for stay the same. Moira. Keep up the great work. We love you. You're the best, you and Brian and family. And thank you. It's an honor. Wow. 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 Oh my gosh. That episode just filled my soul to like the next level. You guys tag David, tag me in your Instagram stories, uh, reshare this. I just want everybody to to get their hands and their ears on this episode. So thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.